episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast. This is Ron Clements with Patty Clements. Hello. And we're down here in uh, the panhandle of Florida. I hope everyone had a good Memorial Day weekend. Uh, For us, it was kind of uh, mixed. Um, You came back, so that was good. Well, thank you for saying that was one of the good things. (laughs) Uh, We went to a concert Sunday night in Destin. That was fun. But also... Some bad news that was confirmed while you were gone, um, and then um, kind of took a downward turn over the weekend, and that's that Holmes's cancer is back. Yes, so I had an appointment for him to see the vet and have a follow-up appointment, basically kind of was supposed to be a, a last hurrah, right? but unfortunately... The remission that he had been been in is um, no longer. He is has had a relapse. And so with the blood work he had last month um, and then with the checking of his lymph nodes being, they can tell that they're enlarged again and they did some cytology and looked at the cells and determined that the cancer is back. Um, not that it actually went away completely, but because there's been a whole thing around for that. like six months. And right. Unfortunately, Holmes has got to go through that fight again. Uh, it's a different protocol this time, but we also have the challenge of not being in St. Louis with his primary care physician, the oncologist who took care of him for six months from September to March. So that is the challenge of being down here. And we found out Tuesday... On the Panhandle, where we are at in Defuniac Springs, there is not an oncologist within five hours of us. Right. Apparently, there are not a lot across the country. And even so, our vet in St. Louis gave us a website to go to to look up um, oncologists, veterinary oncologists across the country. And just even you put in the state and there's just not very many of them. Around, uh, we were very fortunate to have had one in St. Yeah, Louis, Dr. really. Berger. Yep. And we're going to be in Nashville in a couple of weeks, and there is an oncologist there. There is an internal care uh, medicine vet in Pensacola, and if, if we need to, we can take Holmes over there. We do have an appointment on the books for June 4th, uh, so as soon as they could get us in. But the, they also have an emergency vet clinic over there. It's open 24 7. So if Holmes does. Um, take another a turn for the worse we can we can run them over there it's about an hour away but uh um and we're trying to give Holmes the treatment as best we can uh he is struggling to move he has no energy Uh, his back legs are very weak he struggles to even stand up um it's really tough to watch uh we did um get him to eat Tuesday night though so right. that was good. Yeah, and what we don't really know for sure is whether that is a reaction to the medicine he got. In St. Louis. Cause in he, St. Louis. He did receive one bout of, of, of chemotherapy treatment when you were in St. Louis. Right. It was in, 
initiating treatment or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was May, but, May 20th. But what... Um, so they did run a CBC check his blood, and it did seem like it's probably more likely that it is a reaction to medicine. I think that's the way I took it when he was saying that his counts weren't, you know, yeah, that's a good thing. We got his we got his blood cell count checked on Tuesday, and everything was good. His platelets were up significantly, almost twice as what they were a week ago. So, you know, that's good. It's encouraging. Um, Hopefully just, the treatment they gave him with the serenia and what have you can help. Yeah, we just want Holmes to have his energy back, which he does not have now. Even at the vet, he just was laying on the floor instead of doing what he would usually do and try to sniff everybody. Right. So, uh, but hopefully, like I said, we got him to eat Tuesday. Uh, hopefully he does well today um, and we can get our boy back can hear a dog barking in the background outside that is not that is definitely not home i don't know if people can hear that from here but but yeah and thank you everyone for your um well wishes and and prayers for holmes yeah for sure uh he's our barking manager we need him <laughs> right yes uh but let's talk well we did have some good news though last uh few weeks uh you were gone for a reason obviously you took advantage of that and got Holmes in to the vet which was turns out that was a good thing um but uh you also went up to Peoria and I want to ask you how was the experience uh watching your dad the night before he left for Washington DC last week with the with the honor flight dinner but then also when he came back from Washington DC with all the other veterans it was a really neat experience. I mean, they had a dinner the night before. Uh, family members were able to attend that. And, um, you know, I think beyond the Guardian, you had to pay for the dinner, but it wasn't wasn't a lot. Because this is a nonprofit organization that puts this on. They do take donations. There's a lot of volunteers. If I was in one place, I would think about, and maybe in the future I will think about, don't, um, excuse me, volunteering because you've got all these all these support people that are putting things together you've got the folks who go on the plane with them you've got um, medical staff who go on the plane with them um, EMTs nurses what have you because these are folks from an older generation just to make sure that everything goes smoothly and if there are any issues they have somebody to support it but anyway um, at the beginning of the dinner, they had a tribute. I'm not sure the exact term. This is term. the night before? The night before. Okay. They had a tribute to POW and MIAs. They had a table actually set up mm-hmm. that had a, can- a lit candle and had places set and then had um, the cover or the hat or whatever for each branch of the military. And they did a ceremony to honor those folks at the beginning. And that was very, very emotional. I'm just curious. Was the Coast Guard included in that? Yes. Okay. I was just, I was kind of wondering. So if you don't know what an honor flight is, uh, they fly uh, World War II, Korea, and Vietnam era vets from wherever they live to Washington, D.C. They visit the war memorials there. And I found out recently that... Gulf War veterans are now eligible for honor flights. It's been 20, almost 30 years since the first Gulf War. Wow. 
And so those veterans are now eligible. My Aunt Cecilia, we call her Sis, but that might be confusing for people who don't know that. So my aunt is eligible for an honor flight. Uh, my dad is a I Vietnam didn't. era vet, um, he, but he did not. He came, he was enlisted in like 73, so that was like a, the, the tail end of Vietnam. He didn't go over there, but he is eligible. Um, but my dad is like, I really don't deserve it, but I am eligible. <laughs> well, and it, it isn't, it doesn't have to do with you went over there and went, went somewhere and fought. Even if you're in the services, you're supporting everyone who was there you don't have to and i've told you this because i know you have that feeling i I do it's it's this humility that maybe i get it from my dad because he feels the same way about vietnam i was in from 1992 to 2001 i was in between the two gulf wars i didn't i never saw combat i didn't really i didn't go anywhere i spent seven months overseas in eight and a half years and so when i think about the people i I had a, a high school classmate of mine named ray mar who went to somalia uh he was in the marine corps also and then I think about the people who came after me in 2001 and to now, my son, RJ, who have gone over to the Middle East and have probably have seen some stuff and been involved with some stuff. People who have lost their lives and limbs. And I think about those people. And yeah, it is when it, whenever anyone says to me, thank you for your service, I'm kind of embarrassed about it because it's like I, I didn't do anything. I yeah, I was at Camp Pendleton and Camp Lejeune in Okinawa. I, I, it wasn't because you asked not to be. It was just happenstance, dear, and you're just lucky, really. Yeah, I, I am. I'm didn't. very fortunate. But anyway, so there were a lot of folks there from the different branches. And, um, you know, they, they had the dinner. They talked to them. They had some different folks. There were a couple folks who did not make it to the dinner. They uh, passed away beforehand no. they were we're uh, talking about a lot of older folks right they were unable to go on the honor flight and they were um family members spoke on their behalf it was again it was a very emotional night but it was also very exciting for those who were there and able were able to go so the, the next day of course they left my dad had to be there at four thirty in the morning and then I'm not sure exactly what time the flight actually took off, but you know, there's all the logistics of getting all these folks on right. the plane and everything. Um, I'm pretty Some of sure them they are like had in wheelchairs. Right. They had a lot of folks in wheelchairs, even if they weren't necessarily at the end of the day, um, that they weren't in a wheelchair all the time. At the end of the day, it's so exhausting. They got back at, they landed at 9.40 p.m., so, and then it took, they told us it would take probably about 40 minutes for them to get everybody off the plane and then have them come down um, to where we were all standing. We were all at the bottom level of the airport. Um, when they got off the plane, there were folks greeting them up there, but it was more of a private type of yeah. ceremony. And then... But your mom got to go up there and, and, and see her husband coming off the plane, which was nice for your mom. Yes. Something she really wanted to be included in, I guess. Right. So, but then they had, while we were waiting and everything, because we were there for hours, we were supposed to get there at like, they wanted us there at eight o'clock to shuttle from another um, parking lot over there so they could get everybody in there, get everybody, so to get everybody psyched up, they had a band playing for a little while. Abraham Lincoln was there. I saw that on Facebook, yeah. (laughs) Um, As were um, some... Girls dressed up as the Andrews sisters, 
and there was the couple that was Who are dancing. The I can't think of the song. Somebody said it the other day, but they were one of the people with the USO. Oh, okay. Um, singers. Hey, female singers. Um, post like the Andrews Sisters Wikipedia if you're listening to this. Okay. <laughs> I can't think of the song right now. It was mentioned, but anywho. They had a drum line from one of the, I'm not sure if they were from the high school, but they were, they were there and they were playing and it was so much fun. They paraded through and then they were standing right next to us and and um, just playing and playing and playing and it was a lot of fun. We were dancing around and everything while we were waiting. So Nice. Um, but then, of course, the men started coming down. I should say men. There was at least one woman that I saw who was one of the, the veterans. Um, but they were coming down and they came down through like a balloon arch and then everybody was cheering for them and they were shaking their hands. And that was similar to, I guess, the experience they got when they got off the plane in Washington, D.C. They had folks greeting them there. Um, it was really neat. I asked my dad the next day, um, what his favorite part was. Um, and he said that he was, he kind of paused for a little bit and and he said really one of the most um, interesting things, I guess, or crazy things was the police escort they got for their buses. So they had multiple buses taking them through. They had a police escort. And so they'd take them like the wrong way down a street that was on purpose. Right. And so they'd move over the traffic, their motorcycle cop was there and moving people over, getting off and making people move. Um, so he said that was kind of a crazy ride that they were going like 30 miles an hour at times past these other buses on either side, you know, and it's like, it was nutty. Um, another thing that he told me, speaking of this being Memorial Day weekend and everything in the past weekend, right. how many monuments are there in Washington, D.C.? Oh, wow. Well, Jefferson. Just just give me a number. I'm, I'm going to talk through it. Jefferson, Lincoln, uh, Washington, Roosevelt. The uh, Iwo Jima, Vietnam. I'm just going to stop you. Okay. Ron, you're wrong. Whatever number you come up with, you're wrong. There's one monument. The rest are memorials. Oh, so the Washington Monument is the only monument. Correct. Okay. (laughs) That was one thing that the tour guide told them. They said they had a lot of really interesting information from the tour guide. But anyway, it was great. It was, he was honored. Um... All of the folks were very tired again at the end of it. But well, while you were gone, uh, I actually picked up some work covering the NCAA Women's Softball Tournament, the Super Regionals over in Tallahassee, Oklahoma State and Florida State. I got some work for the Oklahoman, so you can read about that in my article. Uh, pretty proud of my feature on Samantha Shaw, the Oklahoma State pitcher. It looks like Show, S-H-O-W, but it's pronounced Shaw. But she led Oklahoma State to a super regional win over the fourth-ranked team in the country. So now Oklahoma State will go to the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. It's where it is every year. Okay. Oklahoma is the number one overall seed. They are. They won like 60 consecutive games or something ridiculous this wow. year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they are the favorites to win it all. On the men's side, with baseball side, UCLA is the number one seed. That tournament starts Thursday, and I hope my my East Carolina Pirates are the number ten overall seed. Um, uh, Twenty nine NCAA tournament appearances. This makes never been to Omaha for the College World Series. More that, that's the 
the 28 previous NCAA tournament appearances is the most by any school without an appearance in the College World Series. I hope this is the year. Finally. They've been ranked in the top 10 like all year. We shall see then, huh? I know, right? They start Thursday. They play uh, Quinnipiac. Excuse me? Yeah, Quinnipiac. Bless you. And then NC State will play Campbell University. The Camels. The Campbell Camels. Campbell Camels. All right. Hopefully, and, and the games are in Greenville. ECU is the, is the host team for the regional. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully this is the year. They've uh, they've been so close so many times. I was actually at the 2001 Super Regional that East Carolina hosted. This is like the first major collegiate of event that I had covered. And uh, I was three months removed from the Marine Corps at this point. And I covered ECU playing Tennessee in Kinston, North Carolina at Granger Stadium. Uh, they were the Kinst- what? What was the weather and what way was oh, the wind up. blowing? <laughs> and th- they were the kin- uh, it was the home of the Kinston Indians, which at the time was a single A affiliate of the the Cleveland Indians, but now they're like they're called like the Down East Ducks or something like that. But anyway, uh, ECU it lost. Tennessee won two games, um, and it was over. The Super Regionals are best of three, so that was not good for ECU. But uh, yeah, hopefully this is the year. Um, so we might have to make a trip up to Omaha. Have fun. <laughs> I'll be here. And speaking of the postseason, our St. Louis Blues are in the Stanley Cup final. Game one did not go as we had hoped. Game two is tonight. Got high, high hopes, as Panic at the Disco says. Hopefully they can even the series up with Boston. Yeah, and so speaking of that, have you heard about the bet between the two zoos? The St. Louis Zoo and the Boston Zoo? The St. Louis Zoo and the, I believe it's the Franklin Park Zoo. Okay, well, I doubt um, if the Franklin the Park Zoo, Zoo, New England. I doubt if the Franklin Park Zoo is free. This is St. Louis Zoo is free. Yes, it is. The Bruins, right? You looked up what the Bruins meant. Yeah, it is a Dutch word for brown that in Old English was used to refer to brown bears. Right, and we had noticed that on a patch on one of the hockey players' shoulders, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you've got the UCLA Bruins, too, and, and they have a bear. I mean, yeah, it's been used as a reference to brown bears for years. I just didn't understand. We did never not really paid attention, right? Yeah, they don't have, well, and they don't have a, a big presence. You don't see that. But anywho, to tie that back to the zoo story, so. Are they going to do trade bears? <laughs> no. So what they are going to do is the. Use your notes. They're right there in front of you. <laughs> they are. Shut up. Um, so the zoo and the city that has the losing team is going to have to deck out their bear habitat with the colors of the opposing team. So, of course, if the Bruins win, St. Louis has to put their bear, deck out their bear habitat with black and yellow. Okay. And then the St. Louis Zoo actually upped it and said, "Hey, we'll also let's also have one of the senior um, leaders at the zoo has to dress up in the jersey and greet people of the of the winning team and greet people at the bear habitat." So that is the zoo. I think bet. they should dress up the bears in like you know little uniforms. You, you gonna you know, throw a hockey sweater on? You them. gonna go dress the bear? You gonna yeah. volunteer? No. But but that's why they have you know trained professionals to to be the bear handlers. So I want to see, I want to see a, a brown bear in Boston in a Tarasenko sweater. Yeah. Or, okay. Or Jaden Schwartz. You know, it really doesn't matter. I mean, 
wouldn't he be yeah. Bennington? Jordan wouldn't, Bennington. Wouldn't sure. you want the bear to be your goalie? That's just sure. Come on. So speaking <laughs> of that, though, um, you know, Louie is the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Mascot. And he's got, he's, he's a, a blue bear. he's a blue polar bear. Right. And there's a picture of him on the page with he's got a sea lion sitting there, you know, kind of kissing him. So I said, I hope that the blues can seal the deal. Uh, that's why I love you because you're almost as big of a dork as I am. Almost, not quite. So, but uh, you know, the next few weeks are going to be challenging. Um, we're going to be in the Nashville area in a couple of weeks. Um, hopefully, the Blues have the Stanley Cup final wrapped up by then. If it does go to Game Seven, Game Seven would be June twelfth, and we would be in the Nashville area, staying at our friend, at our friend's house, uh, Trisha and Kirsten Pullman. So, there is an oncologist up there. We can get Holmes to. So yeah, hopefully he can get this cancer back in remission and kick its butt again. That's right. Yeah. He did it before. Um, they're going to try to switch up the treatment. Yeah, because it's a different it, protocol. Right, because he went out of remission so quickly after they quit treatment. So they're hoping a different protocol might help. Yep. And we've taken the advice of a few people and I got him some CBD oil and that's supposed to possibly help. With their immune system and things yeah, like that, so pain and appetite, stuff yep. like that. So, yep. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you next week. Hopefully, we have some good updates on uh, on Holmes. And until then, have a great week and go blue. LGB.